Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Good afternoon. Welcome to this podcast by Wessex LMCs. My name is Will Howard and I'm a GP partner in Hampshire and a medical director at Wessex LMCs. I'm delighted to welcome our speaker, Vernon Needham, today to talk to us about something called the Cameron Fund. Many thanks for joining us, Vernon. Um, if you'd like to introduce yourself, tell us a bit about yourself and how you ended up representing this fund. Well, thank you very much for your invitation. Very pleased to be with you today. Um, I was uh, chair of uh, Hampshire LMC 12, 2012 to 14, so that gives me a little bit of context. And having qualified in 78, then had an army career, 25 and a half years as a GP partner in Andover, 16 of which was senior partner, trainer, etc., etc. And the last stage of my career was vaccinating ex-patients, having been dragged back from retirement. I've been a, re a trustee of the Cameron Fund for three and a half years. And I have to say that I thought I was incapable of being shocked. Um, I clearly wasn't. Some of the stories that I've heard at Cameron Fund have genuinely shocked me. What, what is the Cameron Fund? It is the GP's charity. It exclusively helps GPs and their dependents, sometimes former GPs, sometimes GPs in training, GPRs. And it was founded in 1970, originally with government money, in fact, and that government money was earmarked for a GP pay increase, but was so small that it was decided at the BMA to set up the Cameron Fund. Dr. Cameron was then head of the BMA. The Cameron Fund is an independent charity. It does has, have offices at BMA House, but is not part of the BMA and is not formally linked with it. We have a very small office staff and a board of trustees who are all either practicing or retired GPs and who I would say are all very enthusiastic and dedicated to the GP cause. Fantastic. So familiar story, a very small pay rise, but actually earmarked to support uh, GPs in actual need at that time. H how is it now resourced? Where does the income come from these days? Well, I, I will direct you to the Cameron Fund website and say that the financial accounts are there. Uh, we have a capital fund which produces income, uh, about half of our annual resource. And the other half comes from voluntary levies through LMCs and donations to the fund, private contributions, legacies, and also a cash call at the annual conference of LMCs. And anybody who's been to the annual conference will be familiar with that and will have parted with uh, paper money for that. Absolutely. So at Wessex LMCs, we raise a levy from practices, a voluntary levy from most practices around the area, which we pay into the Cameron Fund on behalf of practices. Um, and we're very, very appreciative of that, I have to say. Very appreciative. And it, it is very well used. Thank you, Vernon. I think it's fair to say that practices in the Wessex area are reasonably high contributors to the Cameron Fund, which um, uh, certainly is a positive thing. And, and as I say, we're all very grateful for those contributions. And I, I, to interrupt you, I think you might be surprised or some of your listeners might be surprised that uh, there are also quite a few recipients. Ah, that's that's good to hear. That's what the charity's for, I guess. What situations have you seen that have been supported by the Cameron Fund? Any examples? Well, they can be extremely varied. Uh, if we take it through a career span, 
Um, we do financially support GPRs sometimes with, for example, exam fees um, and other matters. And when in training, GPs do sometimes run into trouble. Uh, it's interesting to note how poor planning, and I would stress that, um, can quite easily lead to financial difficulty. And this sometimes happens with the uh, omission of a rainy day fund in personal finances, difficulties in managing money, um, <clears throat> and at any time of career, relationship breakdown and split homes can force all sorts of crises. Later in career, um, changes of work, um, drying up of work streams, and sometimes even in retirement with poor retirement planning, um, and also bereavement, we get in, into some issues there with, um, with GPs. To give you some examples, um, and you'll understand that I won't specify individual cases for obvious reasons of confidentiality, um, but to give you some examples and particularly to stress that our applications have increased during COVID or since COVID, uh, for example, taking a career break, expecting your previous work to be there when it isn't, getting COVID, getting long COVID, and then being unable to work, but for lifestyle reasons, having taken a change of career and actually getting a job which does not pay sick pay or um, have any benefits attached to it, a zero hours contract, for example, and this is the kind of thing which people do occasionally for, for lifestyle reasons, uh, for more control over their circumstance. But what they don't recognize is the increased financial risk that they're exposing them to by taking something like a zero hours contract. And in retirement, we certainly do help out sometimes with uh, fees for care, um, sometimes for relatives. And also sometimes if we've got a situation where people are having great difficulty visiting relatives in care at a distance, then they may be in financial difficulty to do that. So these are the kind of situations where we might step in. You mentioned, Vernon, that some people get into trouble because they haven't got a rainy day fund. I've had a look at your website. <clears throat> loads of great information on it one of the ones that struck home for me was the the top 10 top tips that you that, that i've read about that you have for for everybody really this isn't just gps but should be for everybody but it's very pertinent because it's is is directed towards gps and our careers mentioning pensions and so on and um, so i'd urge anyone is that available on your website yes the 10 top tips for financial well-being and I noticed that you've actually now put that on your website at Wessex LMCs as well. And I would direct everybody actually to go towards that and have a look and check out their own circumstances. Number one is money health check. Two, financial resilience. Three, future plans. Four, be money savvy. Five, paying too much tax, question mark. Be credit smart. If in doubt, claim it regarding benefits and when things go wrong if you're in a financial crisis and we're here to help so those are the 10 tips and i think uh, that's a very good armory if you like um, for personal matters and we do see situations particularly where 
people have left themselves sometimes asset rich, cash poor. So a change of personal circumstance leaves them with a house, but not with cash in the bank. And very rapidly, they're into difficulty. So again, we might be stepping in at that point to give them a loan, um, which we'd expect back, possibly secured, possibly unsecured. I, I personally, I really think that those 10 top tips are, are great. It's like a toolkit for financial well-being. And one of the feelings that, that I've always had, I know that when you're stretched financially, it can be stressful. It's the type of thing that certainly wakes me up at night. And that actually the reality is, is that once you sort things out, even if it's a difficult plan, it's still a plan and the weight is lifted from your shoulder. So I'd urge everybody to look at that and work their own way through it taking those tips on board and actually applying them to their own lives, their own financial well-being. And a lot of people do them anyway, naturally have learned that way, but an awful lot of us do not. And I think it's key that you take those 10 top tips as a starting point to your future financial well-being. And that can be at any point in your life, any point in your career. It's never too late. Um, It's better to get on top of it uh, as it becomes more difficult. I Uh, I couldn't agree more. And and I think um, also within that is the the old cutting your cloth saying um, or cutting your coat according to your cloth and having seen GPs not necessarily through the Cameron Fund but get committed to a particular lifestyle which they then expect um, which actually creates difficulties and stresses rather than actually being sensible about what they can expect. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And there's the cliche, isn't there? I've heard it from estate agents talking to some of my colleagues is is that GPs have champagne, or some GPs have champagne lifestyle, but beer money. And uh, (laughs) an amusing anecdote, but I guess that highlights what we're talking about here. Oh, yes. You've mentioned a few of the, the things that are on offer, sort of loans that may be secured or unsecured. Any other support on offer? Any other type? Yes, of- well, it, it's worth going through the process of application because, um, as you would expect, GPs who are in financial difficulty, sufficient financial difficulty to ask for help, um, have numerous other problems at the same time. So one would expect that their morale is likely to be poor. And clearly these days, the phrase that's used very often to explain morale is is mental health. Now, it's not surprising that if you have difficulties of a personal or professional nature, and you may or may not be depressed, if you have financial difficulties as well, that's simply going to compound the issue. And for many doctors, their self-identity, if you like, is so wrapped up with being a doctor and preferably being successful that all of these things are extremely detrimental to their morale and to their mental health. So we have to see the, the financial aspect as part of a bigger picture. Having said that, the Cameron Fund is exclusively dealing with finance. It is not dealing with support of other from other disciplines. So the the applicants that we get will sometimes self-refer. Sometimes they will be self they will be referred via LMCs or sometimes other services as well. Um, when they apply, it'll be first of all by brief written application or indeed an inquiry by telephone. And we're getting about two telephone inquiries a week um, at the present time. Not all of which generate. Um, specific cash loans or donations. 
but that gives you some kind of idea of the volume coming through. And now, what would, they, what would they first get if they were to contact you? What sort of um, offer do they get to start with if they're successful? First of all, we will ask for basic information. And if it appears that our services are going to be appropriate, then we ask for a fuller uh, a fuller description of their financial circumstances. And every applicant receives detailed money advice from a financial advisor. And when I say detailed, it, it is detailed. So there, there's a lot to go into with that. Uh, on the basis of that, we look at monthly incomings and outgoings and what their overall financial picture is. And it's at the, at the discretion of the trustees as to whether to support. Now, that support may be, as I've mentioned, loans, and they may be loans or um, secured loans or indeed grants, depending on circumstance. And if, for example, there's a temporary period off work, then it may well be that a loan is more appropriate than a grant. But for somebody who has retired from general practice on health grounds mid-career and is in financial penury, then clearly a, a loan is not going to be appropriate. Uh, so we would be then looking at, at grants in that situation. And there are some long-term recipients of funds. Uh, in addition to that, it's worth saying that the money advice which is given by our specialist, Jeff Brown, um, in cash terms is worth considerably more than, over the long period, is worth considerably more than the actual loans or cash donations, cash uh, grants that we give. So I think that that advice is critical, and it's about accessing benefits, rearranging debt, and so on. Yeah, of course. And, and yeah, so long, long term, people will actually gain more financial benefits from what they've learned from having a full financial review by an independent financial specialist advisor through the yes. fund. And it will, it will help them with their future finances. And it would certainly be fair to say that I've seen a number of GPs who perhaps would not have continued to work had it not been for the advice and financial support they received and have been able to get back to work. Yeah, of course. Are there any clear areas where the fund is unable to help completely? Any red lines? An anecdotal suggestion was vet's bill for a hamster. Um, <laughs> that we definitely said no to. You won't be surprised to hear. So that was one of the more bizarre ones. Um, in more general terms, though, we, we don't support private medical attention, particularly where NHS is, is there as an alternative. And in terms of private school fees, we wouldn't be supporting those unless a pupil was in an exam year and would be likely to suffer as a consequence of moving. So those are particular red lines for us. Okay. But it's it's nice to hear that there's flexibility. You know, it's not there is nothing to do to help with school fees. It's actually if there is a specific quandary that a parent might find themselves in, then it may be looked at independently, individually, uh, which I think is very important for, for yeah. anybody. Yes. As I've, as I've mentioned, there is discretion on behalf of the trustees. So. Fantastic. Um, if people are in distress, they're often um, feeling like they need the answer yesterday to things like this. How quickly can people hear back? Decisions can be made quite quickly. Although the trustees meet quarterly, um, chair's action can be done within a matter of a couple of days by email circular. Uh, so in these circumstances, it can be really quite quick. 
Um, so we can offer money through chair's discretion pending a future meeting. So if there is genuine, very rapid need, then it can be provided. That's good to hear. Again, responsive service is always important at times of, of, of acute distress, and that's great to hear. Thanks so much, Vernon, for summarising what the Cameron Fund is, how you get to it, who it's for, um, how it's funded. It's a really important topic for GPs, and it's one that um, when you need it, it's there for you. You might consider it an insurance, but hopefully not needed by anybody listening to this podcast. Um in order to get to it, obviously, you can go to the Cameron Fund website, simply Googling the Cameron Fund. I tried that before recording this podcast, and I was able to find it incredibly easily. Equally, you can access the Cameron um, Fund. There's a link on the Wessex LMC's website via our GP support booklet. So if you click on the Wessex LMC's website, you follow the support link. And that's at the bottom of the GP support page. There is a booklet. And within that, there is a link to the uh, Cameron um, charity website. So. Um, that's how you can get to it through us. But if you have any difficulty with it, you're welcome to contact Wessex LMC support. And we're happy to support people through the process and, and make recommendations accordingly. So um, that's one of the roles of Wessex LMCs is support to GPs who are going through a difficult period in their lives and in their careers. Vernon, thank you so much for spending time with us. It's much appreciated. Well, thank you very much for having, having me. And, and I will just stress that uh, our applicants some of them have made mistakes, which of which we're non-judgmental. Some of them have been extremely unfortunate, and some of them have been just unlucky. And I have sometimes thought there, but for the grace of God, go I. So it's not just for others; it's it's for us. Thank right. you very much for having us. Thanks, Vernon. Very wise words indeed. Much appreciate your time. Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice.